PFF NFL Daily. Today, breaking down another mock draft. This time, Mike Renner has his latest version. It's over at PFF.com. And uh, I like how he uh, got a little crazy with this one. There's a lot of mock drafts. You don't allow trades. But he went and made a big quarterback trade. So we're going to break it all down, starting with the Seattle Seahawks. Trade Russell Wilson to the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles have those three first-round picks. Seahawks don't have a lot of draft picks, so Renner decided to uh, match them up, and the Seahawks go get Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral, and the Eagles get perhaps their uh, their quarterback of the near future here in Russell Wilson. Yeah, Jalen Hurts goes back to being a backup, presumably, unless he's part of that trade deal, which wouldn't make much sense if they're then drafting a quarterback as well. Um, I, it's interesting. I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that Russell Wilson gets dealt this offseason. I think the Eagles would make a lot of sense for any quarterback that is getting dealt just because of the the sheer volume of trade uh, picks, trade collateral they have to offer. So an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson does actually make a lot of sense for Philadelphia. Uh, in this trade, so it's multiple first rounders. So the Seahawks go get Matt Corral and they get Bernard Ryman, the big offensive tackle from Central Michigan. And so strategically, if you're the Seahawks, do you embrace this? You know, again, we've said many, many times on the podcast, maybe it's not the time with Pete Carroll getting older and all that stuff, but would you go with a rookie rookie contract quarterback like Matt Corral, get a tackle, which you really, really need, and uh, just uh, start fresh in Seattle? It's kind of uh, kind of intriguing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you've definitely reached the point where the organization as a whole could come to the conclusion that, you know what, it's not working the way we need it to, the way things are currently set up. and. With Russell Wilson getting to his age, with the current state of the Seahawks roster, I think you can construct a very fair argument that says the best thing the Seahawks can do at this point is blow it up and, and start over and go in a different direction. The only concern there would be, do the people in the building have the stomach to make that move, right? Pete Carroll is not exactly a spring chicken. No. Um, everybody else attached to the organization. Like, they're not... I don't think they're looking at this and saying we want a total rebuild from the ground up, which is what needs to happen if Russell Wilson is no longer there. They are, you know, trying to fix this thing around Russell Wilson and, you know, sorting a coaching staff that makes sense and all these kinds of things. I just I don't know if they're making that aggressive a move. So there's another quarterback who goes ahead of Matt Corral, but first let's start back at the top of the draft. Jacksonville Jaguars in Renner's mock, taking Aiden Hutchinson, the edge out of Michigan. So it seems like a lot of people are trending to Evan Neal or, you know, whoever your favorite offensive tackle is. I think I'm sticking by this one. Unless Hutchinson is really a disaster in workouts, and, and not because that changes who he is as a football player, but it does affect projections, right? There is a history of guys who work out well at edge combined with the great production just playing really well. So if as long as he doesn't really struggle in the workouts i think hutchinson's the best play for the jaguars at one i don't know if i'd go with any of those tackles at the top so renner's going to stick with hutchinson that pushes kyle hamilton at number two to the lions i feel like that's iffy for a safety but i don't know but the first quarterback that comes off the board uh, the giants are the one other interesting thing at five and seven they don't take an offensive lineman sam if they came away with Kayvon thibodeau and sauce gardner the cornerback out of cincinnati two defensive players are you disappointed as a Giants fan that there's no offensive line, uh, you know, address there? I think I, I I don't hate taking Thibodeau at five, just in terms of value. I think yeah. if he slides as far as that, I'm I'm fine with the Giants jumping on that as a value play and saying he's the best player on the board. Let's make it happen, particularly in this scenario where two different offensive linemen have already come off the board at that point. 
Um, but and the third one goes at number six, right? So the, the top three tackles essentially are gone by the time the Giants do pick at seven. If that's the way it went, I'd really like to see them trade down and try and pick something else up. And maybe you can trade, you know, somewhere into the uh, the 10 range, you know, the 12, something like that, and grab a, a different offensive lineman, right? Grab somebody like the, the center out of Iowa who um, just has... Yeah, you know, okay, he's a center, but he has Quentin Nelson esque uh, yeah. safe you know, projection uni- type of deal, right? Safe projection and universal praise, right? Everybody yeah. loves this guy. So if you're, I, I, I think you could take him at seven, but if you don't want to do that, if you think it's too rich, maybe you can trade down to 10 to 12 to somewhere in that range. Give a team who's chasing a quarterback a chance to jump up and grab the number one guy, and you grab yourself an elite player to, to really uh, an elite player like Linderbaum to, to really solidify that offensive line. If I were the Giants, I'm really intrigued by a pick at five, like you said, and then taking seven, essentially the Justin Fields pick, continue to trade down and have something that looks back. And it was like, in exchange for Justin Fields, the Giants got like these five players just to like really uh, justify that, you know, that trade uh, down that they made last year, which is, uh, Unlike the great Dave Gettleman before he left. Well, Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team, and you get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. Sportsbook isn't yet available in your state. Still take your shot at a big payday with huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest, and DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's promo code PFF at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 or older, that's what you need to be. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, I hinted at the first quarterback coming off the board. It's Malik Willis going to the Steelers. So I think... The Steelers, by the way, in this mock, they dra- they move up to number nine. There's two picks that are going to be in like 90% of everybody's mock drafts. It's Malik Willis going to the Steelers, and it's a Jordan Davis, the monster 340-pound D- uh, nose tackle going to the Los Angeles Chargers. I see that in every single mock, but let's start with Willis. The Steelers aren't really shy about their love for certain players, and it seems like they love Willis. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that he's the first quarterback off the board. He's the one guy with the insane upside, right? The, this world now of incredible toolsy quarterbacks, guys with a huge arm, guys with athleticism, players that you can see taking over a game, even if it's only for a run, even if it's only for a Matthew Stafford four-game postseason run that takes you to a Super Bowl. The point is being able to do that. And you look at some of these guys that are good quarterbacks that are – you know, capable starters, but are they going to do that at any point ever? Probably not. You know, you're not going to see a game where it's the Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes game from those players, but Malik Willis is someone you can imagine it happening. He's got an insane arm. Like his, his highlight reel is better than any of these other guys by a distance. Some of the throws on his tape are absolutely mind-blowing. He's got crazy athleticism. There's some work to do, but that appears to be less of a problem in today's NFL than it might have been, you know, 10, 20 years ago. I think teams are more inclined to take that jump and see what they can do with a guy like that. So some people have quarterbacks really dropping and, and all that stuff. 
He's got, uh, Renner has Willis at 9, Kenny Pickett going to the Washington Commanders at 11. We mentioned Matt Corral, that's at 15, that he goes to the Seahawks and trade up. I just lost the page, but I know Desmond Ritter is going to go to the Saints at 18. So there's a whole bunch of quarterbacks going. I think where this is going to become interesting with all these guys that maybe don't stand out, by the way, Sam Howell going at 32 to the Lions, after free agency, when Teddy Bridgewater and Jameis Winston and a lot of these fringe starter type of players get signed, are we going to see those quarterbacks drop? Are we going to see a game of chicken from other teams that still need a quarterback, right? Are the Steelers going to just grab somebody in free agency or the Saints or the Commanders, right? They're all going to grab somebody in free agency and then say, it's Teddy Bridgewater against Sam Howell and Kenny Pickett and Desmond Ritter. And I'm happy enough with Teddy Bridgewater. If they're there in the second, maybe I'll take a shot. I have a feeling we could see that. A bunch of teams try to fill their QB need early in the offseason, and maybe a lot of these QBs end up falling to the second round and they just become flyers. Maybe. I still think ultimately it pans out a little bit like Renner has in the mock. I think you're going to see most of these guys go in the first round. I think because they're not the superstar prospects of some drafts, um, that the the overall uh, position is going to slip a little bit, but you're going to see guys go in the top 10. You know, I think I don't think we're going to get a situation where the first QB is off the board. It's not like 2013, right? That's the draft class people keep comparing it to, the EJ Manuel and Geno Smith draft, where it's like, there is no quarterback in this draft. You know, EJ Manuel went in the first round by virtue of basically being the only guy at the senior bowl that didn't look like a total and utter disaster. And he went at 16 or whatever it was to Buffalo. I don't think this is that bad. So guys like Malik Willis, who shows all the tools you need, I think is going to go in the top 10 somewhere and maybe not him alone. Um, But because it's not that great a draft class and because there are options out there, I think you're going to see some of these guys drop. And that's why a guy like Sam Howell could easily go number 32 to that Detroit pick. And yeah, maybe one or two of them sneak into the second round, but I think most of them probably still go in the first. Yeah, and if I'm the Lions, I feel pretty good about yeah, taking a shot at whichever quarterback might be available there at 32. Well, go check out the entire mock. It's at pff.com. The great Mike Renner has uh, has put it all together, and he's got the big trade with Russell Wilson going to the Eagles. Let us know, is this the worst mock draft ever? It's the PFF NFL Daily.